Well, hey friends, and welcome back to the dinner table. I am, as always, so happy to be here with you guys, and I'm also happy to have my friend Juan Aldape with us tonight. Hello, Juan. What's up, everybody? Hey. I'm so glad you're here. Happy to see you. We were just having a conversation, which for some odd reason I didn't, I'd never heard your last name before. And so you said Aldape, and I said, okay, oh, wait, that's not a Corpus Christi name. That's not a name I hear everywhere. So it's a little bit of a rare name. And uh, yeah, where are you from? What's your... Yeah, home? born and raised here. But um, yeah, it's uh, I've only ever met maybe like one other person that had that last name here in town. Um, my dad is from uh, Martinez de la Torre, Veracruz. Uh -huh. um, that's where his family's from. Uh -huh. um, from what he's told me, the Aldapes are... You can find more, I think, in the valley, like Brownsville area. I know mm -hmm. that's where my grandfather lived. Um, but other than that, it's a, I, I want to say it's a Spanish. Um, well, it's not like last week we had Longoria, which is like, you know, there's yep. a lot of Longorias in Corpus Christi. Right, yeah. There's a lot of Gutierrez's mm -hmm. in Corpus Christi. There's a lot of Garcia's in Corpus Christi. Yeah. But Aldape is not one I hear a lot of. So mm. nice. That's good. Well, welcome. I'm so glad you came to have dinner with me tonight. I'm yeah, it was, it was, I loved it. I loved it. I'm stuffed. Juan and I met at Bellino's. Uh, Bellino's, of course, you guys know, we talk about their food very regularly on the podcast. And they're also, um, they buy some of my vegetables from here on the farm. And the best part about it was that we always got into really interesting conversations, which is why I thought it would be a lot of fun to have you here on the dinner table because... I mean, really, that's the point of the whole podcast. When I go out to try to find people, it's just like, well, like, who have I had interesting conversations with in the past? And we can have some interesting conversations. And I thought, yeah, you know what? Juan, Juan, come on, come have dinner. Let's uh, let's talk interesting. And something interesting that happened right away this week on the farm was we got another pig. And strangely, you actually are connected to the people that I got the pig from. In some odd way, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> I, I I don't even think it's strange anymore. And you and I, this is part of our interesting conversations, but I don't think it's even strange anymore when I see all of these different kinds of synchronicities. I'm like, there's got to be right, something that's the word. here, yeah, right? Synchronicities. Yeah. yeah. So this little pot belly pig, I get a call from, or I get a text from Caitlin Shook. And she, I don't really know her very well, but I'm kind of like connected, I, connected to kind of everybody in this like little like mushroom feeler way. I just kind yeah. of like make my connections and she knew enough about the farm to ask me. She said, I've got this pig. She needs a home. And I was wondering whether you could use a pig on your farm. And I was like, okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I got to know more about this story. Why do you have a pig? How did this happen? Are you one of those people that like collects a pig that shouldn't collect a pig? And she was like, no, basically, I guess she became a, uh, like a foster for a couple of weeks. Right. And she. For all kinds of pets, you know, animals. Apparently yeah. that's, it sounded like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I see, I'm not, a, am not like that. Like I'm very particular about taking, I take stray animals, but I'm like, I don't rescue animals. I don't like. I don't go after, you know, fostering or, you know, anything like that. I could have every kind of animal, farm animal times four already, just from the couple of years that I've been here. And of course the years before that my parents were here because so many people collect animals they shouldn't collect. 
And then they have to figure out what to do with them, especially when it comes to farm animals, you know, donkeys and pigs and chickens. And I, I actually have half of the chickens I have are something that somebody gave me because they had chickens they needed to, they were moving and they weren't allowed, you know, whatever. Um, the ducks that we have, they flew over from another farm and then yeah. <laughs> we collected one of those, the steers, they're not, they weren't collected, but one of the pigs and now the second pig. So we have three total pigs out here now. And, um, so she brought this pig over after having collected it from somebody that needed to get rid of it and basically saying, I'll find a home for this little girl. And, um, and it worked out. I mean, it was like. She did, she did it. Clearly she knows what she's doing when it comes to saving animals because she took care of everything and just showed up with the animal. And that's what I'm saying about like, I, I'm not going to go out of my, I'm not chasing animals down and collecting animals and deal. I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. But if an animal shows up that needs the space that I have and it, so this was right. perfect. Yeah. So apparently the guy had, um, got this pig. She's about a year old or she's a little over a year old. And then when she originally, he originally, I guess, had her inside, which is not unusual for pot bellies. Like people have their pot belly while they're small. And then all of a sudden they start getting big and then they decide to put them outside. And then apparently he had some land, enough land to like, but then he couldn't stay on that land. You know, the whole story. It's like, whatever. Now I've, now I've got a pig that I don't know what to do with. Mm -hmm. And, um, so she, contacted me and brought her out on Tuesday, I guess. And she told me, I said, okay, what's her name? And she said, well, the guy called her piglet, but she's no piglet. And I was like, okay. So she gets here and we already know that she doesn't really have like a solid name or anything like that. And so we started calling her figgy, like Love it. figgy, the piggy fig. So it's fig season. Everybody knows that, that we're all up in figs, um, which actually this is the first time tonight that I haven't made a salad with figs in it, but I had tomatoes in it and it had heirloom mm -hmm. tomatoes in it. So there was that. And, um, she looks like a fig. She actually was, she was sunburned. Like it was really sad that she had, like, she was actually peeling the skin on the back of her was actually like, you know, so you could tell that Kaylin had really taken care of her since she'd collected her, but you could tell that she was not having the best life before. She was really fat, or she is, she's really fat. Not, she's not a huge pig, but she's just got this massive jowl and this huge, massive pot belly. Like our pigs are pasture pits. So they're like out there foraging and not to say that they don't get fed because my dad feeds them every afternoon at about four o'clock. But um, she's now the dog is playing he's decided hey lay down lay down good boy okay <laughs> that's what happens when i don't let him in like earlier in the evening and now he's like but i've been outside all day mom well let me play so she is she brought her she brought her in she immediately like just came up to us so she's friendly she's a pet she's clearly a pet and then my mom walks her over to our pond we have this amazing huge pond and as soon as she recognized there was water there, she literally was like a pig in heaven. I'm not, she like walked right into that. She was swimming. She was rooting around in the mud and just rolling over. And that's how they get, that's how they keep from being sunburned is they cover right. their skin yep. with, um, with mud basically. I'm so happy for her. I'm so, and I, and I'm, ha I'm very grateful that there are people in the world 
that will do the things I won't do, <laughs> you know, because if Kaylin hadn't collected her and then contacted me, you know what I mean? She made yep. that happen because if she hadn't done it and made it really easy, cause I'd already, there'd been another gal that offered her pig to me and we went and tried to get the pig and we just like built a trailer, like this freaking 400 pound pig that would never get on the trailer, you know, whatever. And it was just this nightmare. And I was like, I'll never do that again. Like I'm never going for an animal. And then she just brought this over. So I'm happy about that. Now, um, they opened a place, her and her sister opened a place called the Annex downtown. Oh, yeah. That's the the bar. That is where I work at now. Yeah, Yeah, right on. So that was where the connection (laughs) came from, which we talked a little bit about that because um, they're doing the chicken shit bingo over there. Yes. Yeah. It was a a great time. So I'm actually thinking about maybe going over there um, when they do it the next time and uh, setting up a table and having some of my stuff for sale and telling people about what's going on out here at the farm just to kind of make that connection between, you know, the... Sounds, Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that that will turn out and the other thing that we talked about last week was the that my chickens so i took when i took you out there to see my chickens i have chickens that are eating eggs which has become like a big deal because i'm really not collecting i'm collecting like two or three eggs a day and i've got 30 chickens and so that's become kind of a little bit of a nightmare and so i mentioned that we would um do an unanswered question for it this week but before we get into that digging into that unanswered question, I something got brought up Tuesday is 4th of July. So when everybody listens to this, they'll be hearing 4th of July um, will be coming up the next day. And I wanted to talk about fireworks because I'm a huge fan of fireworks. Do you like fireworks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like to shoot fireworks off? <laughs> I do. Yes, me too. And I'm, I'm like, I'm a huge fan. We do that out here. We shoot fireworks off. As a matter of fact, my friend's memorial service was in May and we did fireworks that day because we, you know, thought it was good for her and we wanted that for her. But I wanted to talk about fireworks because I think that everyone that is willing to hear this needs to understand something that happened this year. And that is we got really, really good rain in the spring and our grass was really tall and nice. But and it was a nice, cool spring. It lasted for a very long time. But then when we got to the point of June, it just went from beautiful spring to 98 to 100, 105, depending on where you're at in the right. region. Yeah. Well, when I dehydrate my herbs and vegetables and things like that, uh, 95 is the temperature that I dehydrate at. So if that gives you an indicator of what happened to all that really nice, thick, tall grass that's in all of the fields and in the pastures. So what we have is kindling ready to set fire all over Mm -hmm. this region right now. And so I just simply wanted to do my little two cents and remind people that the last thing you want to celebrate on the 4th of July is a full-fledged burning down someone's land or property or houses or whatever, because we didn't think about, oh, well, we had a nice spring and there was a lot of rain. And so there's a lot of moisture. There is moisture in the soil, but the grass is all just this dehydrated, brown, dead grass. So please keep that in mind if that's something, you know, I know a lot of people like to talk about the animals and how it scares animals. And I understand that that's a part of it too. So the unanswered questions I looked up, and this is a thing that we started doing um, back when we very first started doing the podcast because Aislinn likes to like be real 
flamboyant with her words and just like says whatever she wants to say. And Joe would always want to make sure that I was um, correct and prove me right or wrong. <laughs> and so I suggested the way that we handle that is that he would go and do an unanswered question and find out what I, whether I was correct about what I was saying or, you know, or we'd call it, we don't know the answer to that question. And so we'd look it up. And so last week we were talking about um, if chickens are deficient whenever they, um, and I did a little bit of research. I came across two um, articles, one from Best Nest, Nest Box, and then another one from, uh, let's see what these, the spruce and why chickens are eating your, their eggs. Um, there was a whole lot of how do you prevent it, you know, make sure you have a big enough uh, nest box for them, make sure that everything's nice and clean, keep your broody hens out. But the biggest thing that I noticed was that it's possible that they're deficient in calcium. And that's one of the things we talked about last week is, is like a lot of times when an animal's doing some weird thing that they're eating something that they shouldn't be eating. And if you think about it, chickens eating their own eggs, that's a... That's, there's clearly something going on. And it's interesting because they don't all do it. Some of them actually hide their eggs from the other chickens that yeah. eat their eggs. And so, and a, and a lot of you, before I got out there and started doing a lot of research on it, or before I did this research on it, it was, um, you're going to have to kill your whole, whole entire flock. Well, what I'm understanding is, is that like, I can seclude chickens. Um, I can give them some more calcium. There's other things that I can do besides just killing an entire flock of chickens. And so, um, the thing that I did this last week, I pulled my little chicken tractor out. I have a tr chicken tractor that we use for the babies. And then I used to, um, you know, put them in the gardens and stuff like that. I pulled the chicken tractor out into my backyard, into my thick, luscious, my grass is still green, by the way, <laughs> thick, luscious grass put the, the coop over the top of it, pulled out two hens that I knew were definitely egg eaters, put them over there. But then when you and I went out there tonight to collect, I collected one egg from a girl that hides her eggs in a different little nesting area in the coop. But the other one, I had left an egg up in the box to see whether or not anybody would eat it. And it definitely got eaten. And so um, I'm going to have to just keep a closer eye on which one so that I can seclude that one. And what I may do is actually do some like heavy duty feeding on the ones that are acting poorly right. and give them the calcium and really see if I can get, if I can. So I've got some work, some more work to do, but basically the unanswered question is that they're deficient in calcium, but it also could be uh, unclean nest boxes, too crowded. And I don't foresee that they could be bored. It said, so there was a lot of different, you know, regions. And then another thing they said, was like, you can take out the flock, you can change it to, and Andrew Edelin had mentioned this to me that he had a special kind of nesting box that like rolls away basically. So there's like all kinds of things you can do to it, but this is an ongoing conversation with us here is the chickens and how to keep the chickens happy and all of that. Do you guys, do you like, do you have any experience with having backyard chickens or anything like haven't that haven't had any since i was maybe like 18 yeah so at home with, your, while, with yeah. your parents yeah yeah cool here in corpus christi area or somewhere else mm -hmm. so i have to admit that over the last two weeks and particularly this last week i have been playing like the single life dinner kind of situation i'm clearly very single right now with how i'm handling the meals and the first few weeks um, it was, and of course I was doing the autoimmune protocol diet and really having to be super strict about things. Um, but this last like two weeks, man, I haven't even wanted to go to the grocery store and I have hardly been cooking. Like I, like I have my 
big meal that I do for Thursday, right? And I've got leftovers from that. And then maybe I was doing like one other meal and then having leftovers from that. But then I was still having, uh, I don't know, some kind of a wrap at lunch or whatever. And I just have found myself just being like super like, just go get one of those hamburger patties. And I, I buy hamburger patties from natural grocers. So they're still in alignment with my, um, uh, meat choices where I'm eating meat. That's not fed the grain that ultimately is the part that I'm trying to avoid with the autoimmune protocol diet, but it's just a meat patty. I talked about it a few weeks ago because basically I've been eating like squash and hamburger patties for like, <laughs> like three nights in a row, just like eat up another hamburger patty and some more squash and onions. Cause that's, what's coming out of the garden, eat some tomatoes and eat a ridiculous amount of watermelon and eat, you know, just something easy. Uh, let me just cut up a cucumber and eat it. Let me, you know, just super, super easy. And it honestly, it doesn't surprise me because I kind of always imagined, and certainly between my divorce and, um, getting into relationship with Joe, I, when the kids weren't here, I didn't, I didn't eat or I would just eat, you know, I don't know, like walnuts or, and some fruit, you know, just, I like, I didn't really care. And I think back then I used to always think it was because finally I don't have to cook for the kids or anybody else. And I'm just gonna, you know, and now it's like get in from the gardens at like nine o'clock. And that's, I just don't, I mean, there's no need like for, it's just me. So just, yeah. you know, you've got your daughter, right. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, I mean, like, how do you handle single life cooking and um, so when I do have her, which is like half, half of the week, like I, we do like three, three days on back and forth, you know, mm -hmm. there's always that middle day. That's the, the half day, I guess. Right. But, um, so yeah, for like the days that I have my daughter, I'm pretty much off of work mm -hmm. and just doing the whole, um, homemaker kind of thing. I'm, I'm, I try to cook at home. Yeah. Um, it's, it's still tough. What do you um, like to cook? Uh, it just depends. I don't, uh, whatever I'm feeling really mm -hmm. like this week we did, um, we did tacos. We did, um, tacos are always a steady we salad. <laughs> we did sandwiches. We've done meatloaf. We've done, um, chili, um, that I, whatever I'm feeling really. Yeah. Kind of you know. single, single pot kind of easy stuff though. Pretty easy stuff. Um, uh, just depends. I depends find myself how, how always I'm doing feeling. single pot. <laughs> right, right. No, so like, okay, so probably more often, yes. Mm -hmm. um, back when I was settled down, I always loved um, cooking and entertaining guests. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, so when that stopped happening, really, like I don't really have people over anymore. Uh -huh. It's very rare that you I need do. a dinner and, table uh, talk podcast. Right, yeah. <laughs> so you invite people exactly. to dinner once a week. <laughs> and I'm like, why do I, do I really want to cook for myself? Right. Uh, I'll just, you yeah. know, I'll figure something out and snack or whatever. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. But now it's like my daughter's getting older and she's like, she's just turned eight. She's, uh -huh. you know, she's wanting all these different things now. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. We're going to cook at home or we're going to go. What does she like to eat? Like you mentioned that she wants to eat other things. She wanted to eat like takeout kind of stuff a lot. Oh, and you're trying to talk right her now, out of it. Her yeah. thing right now is sushi. Oh, well, she's a smart kid. She is huge <laughs> on that right now. Uh -huh. and, uh, yeah, that and um. And you're like, hey, at, babe, finances, finances. At, yeah, so for at home, <laughs> she loves uh salmon, uh huh, rice, avocado, 
Those so you are, make like her poke bowls for her? Yeah, yeah. It's Where just do you like get easy, salmon from? Um, it's, I mean, I only go to HEB right uh-huh. down the street, honestly. Yeah. Um, if I'm getting meat, I go to uh, Bore. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were. I went over there for the very first time the other day. They're it's pretty awesome. impressive. I yeah. freaking love all of the guys there. It's, uh-huh. it's, uh, man, the stuff there is just, uh, there's nothing like it in town, honestly. Yeah, I liked that place. I was really impressed with it. That's what I use for, like, if I'm making, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, burgers or barbecue or I'm doing chili or something, It's I go straight there and they get me everything yeah. I need. Okay, so but with the sushi, they sell a, a tuna. I mean, sorry, they sell a sushi quality salmon at HEB, so I could get that. Oof, I don't know. You don't I'm know. You're just sure. buying salmon. Like, no, 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 no. Like we're doing salmon at home. Like just, I'll, I'll cook that in the oven or whatever. Oh, okay, or okay, okay. So you're not sushi in it. So tonight we had. Speaking of the reintroduction stuff, I've been talking about every week with my autoimmune protocol. We had calabazas con pollo. And that is absolutely one of my most favorite dishes, my favorite things to eat since I was a young child. All my all my friends' moms, I, if I walk in the yeah. house and it smells like Camino, I'm like, what you cooking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And um, I, I can particularly remember walking into kitchens when they had calabaza con pollo or fideo going and i was just like oh or or oh, picadillo yeah. you had that was the other one you had to stay and have yes. some like that's, i was like yeah. um hey can i eat dinner with y'all tonight yep. yeah mm-hmm. so um this whole period of time where i was not eating any of the nightshades which is the um eggplant tomato pepper all that and of course when you're talking about um Mexican dishes or uh, Latin dishes, you're going to be heavy in tomato, heavy in um, peppers usually. Usually, And so that was a huge deal for me to like cut out so much of the stuff. Like I can eat tacos, but they wouldn't, they're not like, they wouldn't be like the kind of tacos right. I would really, you know, with it. Well, and, the, and that's the thing is that the Camino, the cumin, all that, that's actually a seed. So I had to cut out that and then I had to cut out the tomatoes and I had to cut out all the peppers and all that. So to be able to add that back in. So this is the first time I've eaten this in squash season. I mean, basically it came down to this is pretty much the last of the squash. Like I can't go on anymore without, and I've got all these tomatoes and I'm introducing tomatoes. And so it's time. So we made, and I don't even know that I like why I really needed a recipe other than to just keep on track. Is this, is, is this something that you make? Like, is this an, a recipe you would I make? I haven't had this, um, honestly, since my, uh, I think the last time I had it had to be with uh, my grandmother. And uh, yeah. So yeah. what did you think then compared? Oh, oh, nope. Nothing comes close to it. Maybe my mom's yeah. cooking. <laughs> maybe, so maybe, yeah, maybe my mom's yeah. cooking comes close to it, yeah. uh, obviously. But like, that's, yeah. And we um, we lost my grandmother last uh, um, November, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and that was it was crazy. It was right after I, I had a crazy end of the last year. Yeah. Um, you know, I had some other things going on and mm-hmm. some trauma, some, you know, it was in a crazy accident. Yeah. And then, I want to talk about that a little yeah, bit yeah, because yeah, I think well, that, and then, um, yeah, not long after that, a couple of weeks after that, I was thought I made my recovery and I was like, okay, I feel like, well, I think I remember you, know, you telling me that. Of, yeah. Kind of do stuff again. And then bam. And then my family's like, everybody's in town and we're, yeah, we're at the hospital because uh, yeah, my mom is. Well, we all call her. We we all called her mom. Like she mm-hmm. she raised everybody in the family. Uh huh. You know, that's I guess it's 
it's just part of our culture, right? You yes. Know, the, the, the women run the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're the leaders, right? So she was your calabasas con pollo, like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, my, I mean, my mom's still there, too. My mom does, uh, mm -hmm. like, yeah. That's It's hard for me to, like, it's hard for anybody else to, like, cook for me. And, like, oh, yeah, nothing beats that, you know? And I think that's everybody and their parents. Of course. You know? Absolutely. That's the, what are the, what is the best meal that you had when you were a kid kind of story. Um, and it's always got something to do with like the way your grandmother did something, you know, like the way yeah. my grandmother's was like chicken and dumplings, like the most basic ch chicken and dumplings you could possibly imagine. I wanted my grandmother's chicken and dumplings, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, so what did you think then about tonight's, uh, dish? With oh, it the, was damn good. I, yeah, yeah, I loved it. And I actually wish I would have uh, had more wine with it uh -huh. because it, it brought out something in the wine, like a, a peppery, um, almost not sweet, but like more savory. Uh, I'm impressed um, that you like, cause you're a, you're a professional bartender, but you also, um, have some of your own like catering alcohol services and you also alcohol services that probably didn't come out right catering yeah. cocktail services I, yes, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> this is like putting rubbing I mean, alcohol on yeah, people yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> open your mouth here you go here's a here's another drink you and know. you set up some yeah, menus yeah. and stuff like that as well for people when they're trying to do um bar menus and stuff like that right yeah so when people are yeah, putting parties together and they want to mm -hmm. you know sometimes they want to like a signature uh drink menu or something and i'll do that um yeah. uh it's it's a lot easier like when you're working at a bar or for me personally, like mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know a lot of people that do do this, but the, the good ones in town, the good, the cool guys, you know, like uh -huh. the Michael greens and uh -huh. the, and the Mikey and, and yeah. um, the Jacob McLean's, they all, it's a lot easier for us to, to ask a guest like, Hey, mm -hmm. what do you normally drink? Um, and as soon as they start talking, okay, bam, we got a sense of like, we can are. at least yeah now we know like what your tongue is like or uh -huh, whatever uh -huh. and, uh, totally uh, your palate whatever. <laughs> yeah exactly i'm being, what I'm I being like. stupid right now no but, and um, this is what i like the best about and you're right Nate, the people the the bartenders that you've named and that's probably why i got to know you pretty well at bellinos is because i would go in and just be like okay this is and i'm picky like that like i'm picky like that with every single meal that I eat, mm -hmm. every drink that I go to. I think it might've been just a couple of weeks ago when I talked about that, actually going over to the post to Michael Green and telling him, I'm not drinking right now. Can you make me a drink? And yeah. he totally like stirred it up, mixed it up. And that like <laughs> that, that's how I am. I'm so spoiled like that, yeah. that I want to find people that have that experience, but that you can even pair it like you, that you can pair, I know you can pair the cocktails, but you can also pair the wine with, and it's something about those flavors. Right. I think for, okay. So I don't know about those guys. They probably, I'm sure they've read a lot of books and had a lot of, uh, experiences, you know, in different cities and doing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, working at different bars and, um, meeting all kinds of people. Uh, for me, uh, I think a lot of it comes from my background in serving. Yeah. And I just bring that with me. Like, you know, like I want to, I mean, I want, I want to make the customer happy. Um, I want to go above and beyond. So like, Hey, you tell me a little bit about what you normally have and I'm going to do my best to beautiful. Yeah. He's talking about the farm wine. Of course, we drank the farm wine tonight and we're about to harvest the 2023 grapes mm -hmm. probably within days, maybe next early next week we'll harvest them. And to be able to drink that wine, 
what what was your thoughts about the wine itself just with I loved the... it it was very um I think anybody anybody could could drink that right mm-hmm. off the bat like even even people that have never uh, touched wine or aren't really into wine yeah it's a it's a very easy um uh, almost like a like a pinot or a syrah uh-huh. I couldn't I couldn't like tell exactly what I was getting but it was it was more on the sweeter side. Yes. But like I said earlier, I wish I would have had it more with the meal because mm-hmm. it brought out something about like the... So the recipe is real simple, you guys. It's squash and it's a zucchini, yellow squash. And then we put a tomato in there. We put a yellow onion in there. I used some olive oil, um, salt, garlic powder, cumin. It called for a can of whole corn. I didn't use that. Um, and then a can of tomato sauce. So it was this really like fragrant with all the beautiful vegetables that are coming out of the garden right now. And then the, some chicken thighs and it was real simple and easy to cook a one pot meal. You, you, I mean, really, and then served up with a wine and some delicious, uh, salad, which tonight, of course, we've been using their arugula and the spinach and kale. Um, I used my cucumbers. We used a pretty red onion. And then, of course, some of the little cherry heirloom tomatoes that are coming straight out of the garden so yeah. with the red wine vinegar on top of it, served with the wine. And it was a really simple but great, delicious meal. I enjoyed it very much. Mm-hmm. So clearly, one of the things that you love doing, that I love doing, and that is clearly a part of the industry that you work in is uh, talking to people and getting to know people and meeting people at one job and then carrying over to the next job and those people coming from that job to that job and just kind of building up your network, which leads me into, I mean, ultimately that's how you and I met and now we're friends. And it was because we met at the bar, you know, you were serving me and we were, you know, getting to know each other as friends. And I'm kind of like that anyways. And it sounds like you're kind of like that too. Definitely. And we just got to talking and we would talk. I I think that probably about the time of the pandemic, we started getting, you know, into, or like as things opened back up again with the pandemic and we were going into restaurants and stuff like that. And I wasn't one of those, like I didn't, as soon as the, the moment that the, that the, rules allowed i was i wasn't one of those people that was ever afraid like i started going back out again the moment that it wasn't (laughs) in lock the moment we weren't in lockdown anymore i was going back out again i was never you know so um i was the guy that was throughout it all like even during like going out and getting the groceries and doing all of the things and going to people's houses and taking them stuff and yeah yeah so yeah Yeah. i was thinking about it too when we were talking earlier tonight that i kind of had forgotten that um the my farm to table dinners were like pretty big and they were doing really well during and it was that pandemic year it was the mm-hmm. year that like the people that were willing to go out were looking for things to do because right. so many things weren't available to do partying did yeah. not stop no weddings yeah. did not stop there were so many things that did not stop yeah. uh and yeah yeah and my um my my events like uh bartending it, it, it was it was a great year for me that kept me afloat and it was it was crazy. Like, I mean, I loved it. I loved yeah. it because I, w- I was not, I honestly wasn't for all of the, the, the shutdowns um, either. So it's fascinating because last week, Sarah said, you know, we were talking about how the life coaching industry, like her business got really good during the pandemic. And she made the comment that it, it was actually kind of it was strange that it was kind of a good year for, you know, and so I think that it's strange that after a few years later, there are people that are saying 
or if we're, we're somewhat afraid to say like, well, actually it was kind of a good year for my business. You know, like we're afraid yeah. to like speak the truth. Sometimes we were afraid to speak the truth back then. And then we're sometimes afraid to speak the truth about like, well, actually it, it was probably good for all of us to have to like, yeah. well, you could have, cho you chose how you went about it. You could be like super bored, playing video games, drinking yourself into a little, a, oh, fat, a so little fat many. slump. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Or you could be like turning your whole life over, waking up and finding yourself talking to new friends about things you were always afraid to talk about, which I think that's really mm -hmm. what our initial connection was with like things that other people might not be willing to talk about. You and I were like, no, let's talk about it. You know, yeah, and why not? I appreciate that. I think enough time has gone by. Yeah. And, um, and so then, but then even bigger than that, I think something that's been a huge connection for you and I, um, has been the, both of us have been through some pretty traumatic body trauma in our life. And you were mentioning a little bit ago that you had an accident that happened in, um, was it 2022, 2000, what year was it? 2021? Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, Oh yeah. So last August, you are not August, even a whole year yeah, away I'm from almost it. Almost coming up on a year now. Yeah, so it's it, crazy. It's flown by. Tell me, tell me, tell me again, remind me again, what happened? Um, so I was, uh, in a car accident. I hit, um, he, I, it was head on collision. I ran into a pillar. Wow. Um, ruptured my bladder in that, uh, went straight to, um, surgery. It took probably about an hour or so. Um, mm -hmm. I was at the hospital for two days. Did um, your car catch on fire? Immediately. Okay. Because I remember, he I think I remember hearing that either. Immediately. Yeah. No, it was all over social media. Yeah, we were yeah. on like uh, Corpus Christi uh, Cronica and all that. Um, <laughs> Famous and it was, if you're on Corpus Christi Cronica. Oh my gosh, I made it. I, I, was, uh, I was trending. I went viral for a little while. No, it wasn't even me. Honestly, uh, what had happened was the picture that they captured of the car on fire uh -huh. there was an officer walking by uh -huh. and he was like doing this pose that was almost like bad boys bad boys <laughs> too like you know the explosion in the background and looking oh, all nice. cool with his glasses and everything and uh that's what was being shared uh -huh. like you saw like the thousands of uh likes and reactions on the on the picture uh -huh. and then if you went into the comments it was like oh man that boy there is that will smith there is that martin lawrence there's a <laughs> man what's his number i want to get arrested by this guy it was it was hilarious but i was like I was like, I'm glad they're talking about that and not me because I'm like the whole time yeah, I was like, like, I was like, shit, what happened like, to my friend Juan? Oh yeah. my god! Like, <laughs> no, and uh, it was it was a crazy it was a crazy ordeal, and I like, I honestly, it's I don't know that I've even like sat down and processed it enough, mm -hmm. even to this day. Um, I recovered in like three and a half weeks. I think it was. 12 or 14 days i forget after the surgery that i started getting back up and um moving and then uh mm -hmm. i went immediately back to work at the time like i was um involved with a new new business at the time uh the noasis whiskey library had just uh -huh. opened and we were like doing soft openings mm -hmm. when uh right when right when that happened yeah and um when i like got when I got in that accident, we were planning our opening day officially and this and that. And I missed all of that. And I came back and I was like, man, like I felt like I let everybody down. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. And I rushed back. I went straight back to work mm -hmm. without a, without any doubts with like, like I just was like, 
doesn't matter what I'm feeling. I got to get back up on my feet and do something and move. And, and, uh, uh, looking back on it now, I wish I would, <laughs> I wish I would have taken Process more, the trauma. more time yeah. off. I screwed yeah. myself big time. The rest of that year was hell. Yeah. The end of that year was just, I still don't know how I made it through, but I made it through and yeah. here I am. So, yeah. And I think one of the things that has been really interesting about the conversations we've had is this idea that, um, we, you, we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast is synchronicities that are happening that yeah. happen. And I think that you and I were finding some interesting like conversations about, I don't know, maybe like being able to see the future or like maybe forecasting something that was happening. And then when you were telling me the story, see, I was in a very traumatic body accident when I was 13. And then I also when I, in 2013, I was in a bad car accident that ended in a brain trauma. And so speaking of trauma, like right. it's like, it was trauma that brought back. So the yeah. thing is, and if anything traumatic ever happens to you again in life, which life has things, right? it comes flashing back in a way that you don't really even know how to process it. And um, several weeks ago, I was explaining to uh, a friend of mine that was here about how I've been different about trauma lately. And he was actually saying that there's a thing called post-traumatic growth, which right. means that you actually have come out of the trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a really interesting – like you start feeling different about things when you like the idea that I grow to the grocery store. I mean, I, there were years after the wreck where I was too empathic to even like too sensitive to even go to the grocery store. Like mm -hmm. everything overwhelmed me. And I can only imagine going through what you went through just recently and then just popping back into the world yep. and how it's got to affect everything. Your relationship with your daughter, your, um, relationship with your business, your personal business, your relationship with, you know, people I that you talk to. I did not see her. Mm -hmm. I did not let her uh, see me in those weeks that I was recovering. Were you scared uh, for her to see you sick or weak or what? what I think you? a lot of it was like, I didn't know what she knew. I didn't know mm -hmm. what she was going to feel. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want her to feel like she had to. Uh, feel a certain way or you know mm -hmm. um so she was the entire time she stayed with her mom and do you think that you feel the feel the need to just like put it aside like put the trauma or the pain aside and just like get up and move on and like not i mean processing that pain how like how did you how do you handle it or what, what do you feel like about how you like, cause I think about that, how did, cause I'm one of those people that will tell it all. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a complete open book to a fault, you know, um, oversharing, they call it sometimes, you know, that's who I am. Yeah. Do you feel like you're kind of the opposite of that where you just go like, like everything's fine. I'm fine. Getting back to work. I'm doing fine. You know, is that what happened? Uh, what's, what's funny is like, I think, um, and all of the people that know me well enough or the people that were working with me at the time, they'll tell you like, um, I'm, I'm pretty open. Mm -hmm. Um, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't even think it 
by by looking at me, a lot of people have told me I'm pretty stoic and just mm-hmm. dry or like just straight faced or mm-hmm. I come off as like maybe um, pissed off or whatever. Like, you know, yeah. that's just my straight face, right? Resting bitch face. Um, <laughs> but no, like I'm very um, extroverted introvert. Is that the right? Uh-huh. Man, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, most of the, like more often than not, uh, I am, I guess you would say oversharing or just being completely transparent uh-huh. and vulnerable or whatever. And I learned, um, a lot of that came from after my ex and I had split up mm-hmm. after I had left and, uh, went out on my own. I, um, immediately went to therapy and started working on myself uh-huh. and trying to figure out like what ways I can be better so that I can help Ava more, my daughter, like, mm-hmm. so I can be a better parent for her, a better example for her. Yeah. Like this thing, this big thing just happened in our home. Yeah. And we were a family. Yeah. And now we're not. Yeah. Um, I got to do whatever I need to, to ensure that she's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to have to go through as much BS that I had to uh, when I was growing up with my parents and their not facing their yeah, own exactly. personal stuff. Yeah. So after the accident, did you go back to seeing therapist? Yeah, have you done anything therapy for that trauma? For that, no. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Yeah, so like, uh, and that's what I was getting to. Like, I was normal most of the time. Mm-hmm. I would since like I had split up with my ex or whatever, which was you know three three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I started getting more and more um able to open up with others and being more of a I guess a conduit or like you know when people were venting and I would I was it was it, yeah. it was so much easier for me after that to pour out into others too and to help others and, and, and in turn it was helping me I, I mean obviously right um it's almost like ministering right and like, yes. like in, in ways you're also yes. like ministering to yourself honestly like, that's what I found like the hardest part for me about like I loved going to the bar, not yeah. really even so much for drinking. Yeah. But no, it's because I liked chatting the, with yes. you guys or other people at the bar, you know, like I love that part of it. And so that's why going over to Michael Green and being like, okay, this guy's going to make me a cocktail, a mocktail, a real yeah. deal. No, yeah. And for it's sure. because I, but I also have got this fear going on inside my life right now where it's like, I don't want to be the single woman at the bar. So now, like, mm-hmm. so now I'm just like, which is weird because I never had any problem actually going to the bar alone and just sitting there and chilling. If I go on a vacation, a lot of times I'm on my own on a vacation. I don't have any problem sitting there talking to people. And that's how, you know, we get into these interesting conversations. And I think you're right. I think that there is an opportunity there for, I mean, I think gosh, several of my friends that I go to in my recovery group, they're um, sober bartenders. Actually, there's a gal who has a podcast called The Sober Bartender who came and spoke on the podcast once. And they're therapists. Your hairdresser, you know, my hair, my hairstylist anyways, she's like one of my therapists, you know, my bartender, my... (laughs) Yeah, we're all, we're all therapists. Yeah. Like we're all... Well, it's those, it's those conversations that we work through. Same things either. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, you could be telling the, the hairdresser or the, the nail, uh, salon person. That's a, a something, it's something completely different, like different topics from what you're going to tell your bartender or, you know, like it's, 
just is what it is. I don't know. I always found it really fascinating that what you and I were often always talking about was this concept of synchronicities, this concept of like visions, um, and then kind of what we were feeling after coming out of the pandemic about what the, where the world was going. Mm -hmm. And then we had that opportunity to talk about like conspiracy theories when, and I, I, I began to get into these <laughs> safe spaces with people where like I could talk to you and Danny over at Bellino's about all kinds of crazy things that I couldn't talk to anybody else about. Um, and that was one of the things that I really loved about having these conversations. And you had mentioned your, your friend who is a massage therapist had given you all the indicators that you actually knew the accident was happening before it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, it was surreal. It was weird. Um, realizing that like, um, there were, there were some signs, Mm -hmm. uh, before like leading up to that, um, you, you said you had a dream that like, I mean, that's, that's curious to me. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I did have a dream and it ha must've been like two or three weeks before that accident actually happened. Um, but before that, uh, like a month before that, um, I went for a session and, um, so yeah, this is a good friend of mine, Rhonda Lynn. She works out in a uh, flower bluff. I know Rhonda home. Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. She does, um, yes. the hot, the hot tents. What do mm -hmm. you call them? Yeah. Yeah. The sweats. Yeah. 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 Sweat lodge. Yes. Yeah. 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 I went out there once, one time for her. I'm going to go out again soon. Such a beautiful person. Yeah. Um, and she's, yeah, no, we've, I've known her for, you know, I forget how long now it's, it's more than a handful of years. It makes sense to me then that she's one of the people that has helped. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, she stopped in the middle. Like, I don't, I don't go for, she does like Reiki and she does other yeah. things too, but, um, I've never gone actually for like one of those sessions, uh -huh. but, um, I went one time and she stopped almost in the middle of it. She was working on my lower body and she, uh, she just flat out was like, I'm seeing fire flames. Uh -huh. I'm seeing red. Uh -huh. Um, and she started, you know, she's, thinking like normally it means this and this and that are you gonna move or this mm -hmm. and that and she's asking me questions and i'm like huh you know i'm just laying there you know she's giving me a massage or whatever and i'm like well, i don't know anything like i don't know nothing's going on in my life at all yeah. right? like so and she's like well, okay well all right well then she just you know so they go carries on and uh yeah and then the next uh session that i go is probably like a month later um yeah, and I, and we ended up talking in the middle of that. Uh, uh -huh. I'm telling her, yeah, I had this crazy dream, and in the dream, I was uh, in my car and I was headed toward the highway, which is at the time where I was living at is like two or three blocks away from my place. Mm -hmm. Short drive, mm -hmm. and I'm driving straight to it, and my car stalls out and completely just breaks down right next to the highway, mm -hmm. completely broken down, and that was like the the whole like. Thing focus of my dream was like yeah, yeah just it was it all centered around my car uh-huh uh just crapping out and i was stuck there and i needed somebody to help me get back home or something like and it was just it was so strange because uh -huh. i didn't realize it but she remembered uh -huh. because i um after my accident happened after i went through recovery it was like three or four weeks right and um I finally got to a point where I was like, Hey, I might be able to like start going for uh, light workouts and all these other things. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to call up Rondolin too and go get, uh, go for a session. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm pretty sure my body's banged up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of that, that comes up and, and she's like, I just want you to know, like either you, your spirit knew that that was going to uh -huh. happen or somebody was looking out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Insane.
Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I think is really fascinating. It gets me, I can go on like 800 rabbit trails of like all of that kind of stuff that has happened to me over the years and it's happening more and more. And it's a little bit like I was in the grocery store the other day. It's been, like I said, with the, um, you know, eating single, you know, just facing single because I never expected to be single again in my life. Mm -hmm. And facing single, it's been really hard on me. It's been, it's not, I've, I've, it's been very painful, very, very painful. And I was in the grocery store the other day and I, I, when I go to the grocery store, I try so hard not to judge, Mm -hmm. but I'm very, my food, you know, whatever. But I also have such a connection to the idea that most of the food we're eating is making us all in pain. Right. Yeah. And so I'm in there in the grocery store and I just had this moment where my brain flashed and said, everyone here is in pain. And of course, my initial thought is like, well, it's because we're all eating food that makes us painful. But then I thought, you're eating food to not be in pain and you're in pain, okay? Because I'm Mm -hmm. dealing with emotional pain, right? And I it gave me the understanding that my empathic, my highly sensitive nature, the traumas and things that I've been through, the things that I've learned from those things makes me realize that I have this ability to actually feel what everyone else is feeling. And so to have gone through these traumatic situations and then to go into places where there's a lot of people where you can actually feel what other people are feeling, Mm -hmm. it's very, like we need each other to talk about these things so that we can calm each other down and just be like, you know, you're- Like, hey, I feel it too. It's everything's Um, okay. And yeah, it's a blessing, it's not a curse. Like we can help others. Like we can use this to our advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's not that it like makes it, Oh, everybody else is in pain. So if everybody else is in pain, I'm fine. It's more so like, Oh, you don't have to take, like, you can feel all this pain, but you don't have to own all this pain. Like that's a big deal. And that's been really helpful for me and made it a lot easier for me for sure. Well, now everybody is going to want to know where they can find you at so that they can come sit down and have, um, a bar therapy session um, and talk about <laughs> empathy and conspiracy theories and all the things that um, I, you're going to have a whole crowd. And, yeah, and sports. And okay, good. Because, like, yeah, I don't want to talk everything. about sports. Music, so. <laughs> music. You can talk to me like for hours about that. Like, you have a band, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tell we us actually, I band. just came from over there. We were rehearsing earlier. We have a, uh, well, it shouldn't plug it yet but um we have a a show coming up very very soon within like um it's like weeks away maybe nice Um, we'll be announcing soon yeah but um what what instrument do you play i'm a frontman actually i sing you sing Uh, i mean i play a few uh, yeah play piano and guitar at home but uh yeah for this band yeah that's not needed no and what's the name of the band uh zombie king zombie king what kind of music do y'all play Uh, you would think i mean you would think from the name it's like very brutal uh, <laughs> stuff, but no, it's who knows uh, these days with zombies, <laughs> yeah, hard rock, uh, heavy metal, uh-huh. you know, just um, yeah, cool. Well, I would love to come out and see you um, play sometime, and so when I, I'll keep an eye out for it. You, I follow you on Instagram, you're oh, yeah. Juan yeah. Manuel on Instagram, one more drink, one, uh, one more drink. Okay, yeah. so we can find him on Instagram there, and you can just become friendly with him there. 
Um, and then where, where else can we find you? The Annex Bar? The Annex, yeah. So I'm mm -hmm. over on a Chaparral and going on nine weeks. Uh, I think the guys are going to probably, uh, Linda and Caitlin and everybody are going to laugh. This guy's going to, because I've been, I've been keeping track of like how long we've been open. I'm just uh -huh. like, guests are asking all this, oh, how long have you been here? You, it never fails. Like every week we hear it. How long? Uh, well, and it's been like every week is, well, it's uh, three weeks, well, we're, uh, four weeks. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a freaking, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> the dad in me, right? Like, uh, oh yeah, she's uh, 16 months old and you know, blah, 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 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. We're nine but, uh, weeks old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. No, but it's, it's fun come, there. I love it so I far. I will. Uh, been able to connect with you and now have these connections. That's what I love. I like the network, like you said, like getting to know all the people. And it's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. It's, um, and it, it like working in this industry, especially like for myself, um, jumping, jumping from place to place and seeing people follow you to the next place. Mm -hmm. But at that next place, meeting all of those new people mm -hmm. and, you know, creating those relationships with them and bonding and, and then, um, I mean, God forbid you're you're not gonna last there forever, and then you end up at some other random place. Like, right. I, 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 I mean, I've been around. It's not been never around. been the intention, but like, <laughs> I mean, not like that. Well, yeah. kind of, that's what she said, right? But uh, <laughs> anyways, had to throw that in there. Um, no, yeah, and, and seeing those people, those new connections that you've made, those new uh -huh. relationships, those people following you to the next spot, and I've already seen that here playing out. It's it's just it's it's beautiful to see it. Um, yeah. yeah, I I don't take that for granted. I love it. I look forward to I look forward to seeing you out and um making myself feel brave enough to go and be a single woman at a bar. <laughs> oh, you gotta own it. You gotta own it. You're, I know. Do, you're doing at it all wrong. Point, I that's what I <laughs> thank you. Thank you for telling me that. So thank you for you you said a while ago, just do it. Just go just get out there. And I'm like, okay, literally. I went to Goldfish one afternoon on a Wednesday and had my Topo Chico cause I still wasn't drinking yet and saw like everybody and oh, where's Joe and oh, oh how's it going? And I'm just like, uh. <laughs> now, you, so. now you know how the bartenders feel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like, it's like exactly. when we go out, it's like, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. Okay. So we do this thing at the very end of every podcast and you know, it's because cool. you got to come up with something to talk about at the dinner table right. nice. as if we didn't already. And so I just call it random questions now, but we're still pulling from a box called table topics. And I pulled out um, five questions here that are all, um, will all work. So I'm just going to let you draw one of them. And then this is completely random to me and you, do you want to read it to me or do you want me to read it to you? No. Oh, um, can I, Okay, you read it. Too. Okay, I will. If you do something good because you think you will be rewarded, does it count as something good? Oh, that's easy. Yeah, that's still good. Absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah. I good always think good. about this. It's, it's, it's a black and white question right there, yeah. Yeah, that's very well yeah. said. Motives I think and about intentions this... are separate from that act. Right. And, and I guess in this don't you do everything for like, to me, it's like, I mean, everything is for, I'm going to give you what I want to receive, like give as I want to receive is kind of, you know, how the, it all I seems think to that's work. One of the like tenets of the Bible, like Jesus taught us that. Um, I think. <laughs> yeah. The golden rule. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, also getting past that or actually, um, you know, you know, Jesus flipped that on its head and said, Oh, you're doing something 
to receive when he wasn't. Right. Right. When we get past that barrier and like we start doing things um, out of complete like selflessness, um, that's when life really starts, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, for me, I think that for me, I think it's like thinking about the idea that there is nothing, there is nothing that I'm doing that's good in the world for the world that isn't benefiting me. Like if I do something good for the world, it benefits me. I guess that's what I was trying to say about like, that's what Jesus taught us. Like if you're doing good, even if you're not, and what you're saying is, is it get past the point of, Oh, I'm doing something good or, for me or expecting it. Right. right. It's really just a lot of, I think that's what the society nowadays is. It's, it's, it's kind of built on that. Mm-hmm. Like the expectations are always there. Um, you want something in return. Almost right. always. I think it's the big reason why like marriages fail. I think it's a big reason why, um, uh, things are going wrong in the homes. Um, mm-hmm. in, I mean, government in every, every, every aspect of society and, and um, somehow we fell off of that uh i just always think about because i'm a very servant oriented like community servant oriented person but everything that i do that is for the community that's good Mm -hmm. is also good for me right and so to me good is good like you said right you know if you do good you receive good and i don't know i think that that makes sense to me it's easy and the service is what is good for me. Like it feels good to me to receive people here on the farm on Mondays that come and bring their kids and want to just hang out. Like that's yeah. the gift you're bringing me. You coming here to record a podcast with me and having dinner with me is as much of a gift to me as it is to you coming and having dinner. And you know, like right. that, that's what I'm looking for in the world. And I, I think that that's what, Christ consciousness is all about. That's what we were trying to get on board with. Is yeah, what you get in return isn't always going to be uh, concrete or like something that you can hold in your hands. Like it's mm-hmm. feelings. Even feeling is something that you get given back to you. Unquantifiable data. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you coming out here and taking the time to come out to the farm. Yeah, loved it. Had a great time. Dinner was excellent. Thank you guys all so much for being here at the dinner table. It's great every week. Thank you for listening. And again, know that every week it really helps me out. If you're listening to this on YouTube, if you'll subscribe to my channel, uh, anywhere that you can rate, review, tell a friend. And of course, if you want to throw a couple bucks at the podcast, that would really, really help me out. Just go to dinnertabletalks.com and click support podcast at the top of the web page. And thanks again, Juan, for being here with me. I appreciate you. And I appreciate all of you guys. Have a wonderful week. Mm-hmm.